only get better Let the hurdy-gurdy play It's a wonder that we're here We got rules to break And mistakes to make Take a leap of faith All around the world Round and round the hands go round The clock upon the wall And now this time tomorrow We'll be there The moon comes up The sun goes down get better let the hurdy-gurdy play it's a wonder that we're here we got rules to break and mistakes to make take a leap of faith all around the world hanging on letting go some too fast some too slow we gotta work this thing together we gotta make one single sound Welcome again to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name's Jason Barnard. That was Graham Goldman and All Around the World. His new single from his forthcoming solo album, Modesty Forbids. This podcast takes us all the way back to Graham's time in the 60s in Manchester in his first bands, writing such brilliant songs and hits for many of his peers into the 10cc years, his time in wax, and into his current solo career. So let's hear my chat with Graham. Yeah, hello Jason, how are you? Fantastic, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. First of all, one of the 
great things to to ask you about is your new single all around the world can you tell me about the writing process for that uh yeah it was a song i wrote with um well the main part of it was written in um in nashville uh i go over there now and again and uh um one of my great friends is a a, a singer songwriter called beth nielsen chapman yeah. i've worked with her before the other writer on it is a guy called gordon kennedy who is a also a fabulous songwriter and uh and guitar player he was one of the co-writers of um change the world the um eric clapton yeah. song uh and we've worked together before also so we started it off in Nashville, and um, it was actually Gordon had this sort of verse idea, and then I just sort of built on that musically, and then we all sort of contributed towards the lyrics. Uh, Beth and I finished the song off uh, at my place in London, and um, I just sort of thought it was great and wanted to uh, record it for the album. Is it linked to kind of the the turbulence that's going on? on around the world at the minute well, yes it is and I, but i suppose the, the the main part of the message is you know we keep repeating this line it, it can only get better yeah. uh, and that we whatever's happening we have to be work together and be optimistic that's a track that's um a, a taster of your forthcoming uh, new album modesty forbids that's right have you heard the album i have yeah it's yeah. excellent good and also on that album is um a track which uh, Ringo Starr plays a drum standing next to me. Yeah, well, that that song was is obviously about my my time with Ringo and the All Star Band. Uh, you know, I did two tours with him in 2018, and that's another sort of song that really you know is just written through my own uh, experience of working with him. It was such a great experience, and I had a had a fantastic time. And I'd written the song and started to record it, and I was. Well, I didn't have to think about who I would like to play drums on. It was obvious who who should play drums on. And I was absolutely delighted when Ringo said that he would. I got a call from Mr. Hart, said, Would you like to be a part of something great? To join a band with Ringo Starr, bring along your bass guitar and don't be late. So what was there to say? I soon was on my way. There does seem to be a, a, a few themes in that. I mean, you, we've discussed the theme yeah. of all around the world. That recurs a bit in um, uh, Hanging by a Thread, which is 
well, it's obviously about climate change and how we view the world that we are on some sort of cliff edge and um, that we need to do something about it. Uh, I know there's, there's lots of people are writing about it, but it's, I'm glad that they are. You know, it's an important issue that mm. um, we need to be very aware of and, and do something about it. Mm. I think, though, I think we are, you know, most people I know are doing, you know, are aware of it, whether they're changing their diets, they're very conscious of, you know, general, you know, their carbon footprint. You know, I mean, I've, I bought an electric car now. And I guess that I was influenced by, by the, um, you know, what's happening with our climate. We're running out of time, but planets are hard to find. And if there's life on Mars, then what the hell? There's poison in the air, pollution everywhere. So what the future holds, we don't know, who can tell? Emissions running high. Resources running dry and so we're hanging by a thread. The place is hotting up, it's overflowing cup, we'll soon be running dry, you know. The kids have had their say, they want a brand new day. Also, one of my favourite tracks on on the new album is "It's Not You, It's Me," and that was originally written for the Yardbirds. And you can kind of it's got a bit of that Yardbirds feel to it. Yeah, well, yeah, they actually when I asked them, well, what what, what do you want? All they said just something bluesy. Mm. That was it. That was that was the only brief. There was no uh, complicated um, idea or you know of what they wanted. It was just very simple and. That was quite good, and I, 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 I sort of like that phrase, it's not new, it's me. It's like, I mean, a lot of us have used that phrase to try and break up with with somebody and not actually admit that you don't like them anymore. You, you know, you go, well, it, no, darling, it's nothing to do with you. It's all to do with me, my problem. Mm. But that always struck me as an, an, an interesting phrase to use. Was that track um, written before you were approached by the band? No, no, no. I wrote it especially for them. Okay. And they liked it. They were going to do it, but the album just never happened. I think they were crowdfunding an album. Right. And they just, it just didn't happen. Yeah. But I, I mean, I hope one day they will do it. Can be blind. I went and deceived you. 
that sleeping dog's life Just let it be Cause it's not you, it's me Modesty forbids, but is it kind of a bit of follow-up because you released uh, Play Nicely and Share yes, a few years back? that's right. That, yes, in 2017, that was a, but that was an EP, but this is the first full-length LP that I've done since uh, Love and Work, which was released in 2012. Memory Lane itself from, from Love and Work. Am I right that that goes back to your roots in, in Salford? Uh, yeah, it does, yes. I, I mean... The song idea came from the time that we had a on a 10cc tour. I had a day off in in Manchester, and um, I, wa- I wanted to show my my wife, um, who's a Londoner, where I was brought up, where I you know houses I've lived in, and uh, where I went to school, and just all around sort of the North Manchester area where where I'd, I'd grown up. And I thought it'd be a nice idea to um, to write a song about it. I find as I'm getting older that. I'm writing songs about real events rather than yeah. fantasies. There's still some fantasy songs, but um, it's nice to draw on reality. I took a little trip down memory lane Visit my old neighborhood again Everything I saw And everything I touched Reminded me of what I loved so much The pavement felt so good Beneath my feet The memories I have Oh, so sweet But what is past is past And what is done is done The future's now with you My life's begun I wanted to show you where I'd made my mark I wanted to tell you that you'd won my heart Life without you I didn't work too hard When the teacher told my dad My prospects all were bad He said you never know What's in the stars Wanted to show you where I made my mark I wanted to tell you that you'd won my heart A life without you ain't Bells are ringing, gotta wake up, Paul. 
took a little trip down memory lane. I've also got an advanced copy of the uh, 10cc, the worst band in the world book by uh, Liam Newton, and that's oh yeah, that goes in such detail about all four of you and, and your background. I didn't know that the song "Baby Not Like You" by um, your first band, The Whirlwinds, was actually written by Lol Cream. That's right. It was the B-side of a song called Look At Me. We didn't, you know, I think I just started writing, but we didn't We didn't actually have a song. And uh, we knew Lol um, right. because we used to rehearse at the same club as, as the band that he was in, uh, another band. And um, and he gave us that song and we, we recorded it. It's interesting re- reading through that book in, in the the pre-10CC year, yeah. how your stories intertwined with each other? Uh, yes, they did to an extent, certainly. But, uh, certainly between um, me and Kevin and, and Lyle, because we were all from North Manchester. Mm. Uh, I actually went to the... Uh, Kevin and I went to the same primary school, although I didn't really know him there because he was... Uh, I think he was in a year or two years above me. Mm. Um, and Lyle uh, was in a band with with Kevin at, uh, at the club we used to rehearse in, in North Manchester called the, the Jewish Lads Brigade, JLB. Mm. And then, yes, so, yes, our, our, our lives did intertwine, very much so. So it was more intertwined with Eric when when he was in the Mindbenders period. Yeah, well, well I joined the Mindbenders for a while mm. and that sort of consolidated our sort of relationship. And then I became a partner in the studio, mm. in Strawberry Studios. And um, then Kevin Lowell came in and, well, you, you know the book, I'm not going to go through that again. <laughs> So in there, it talks about inspired by the Beatles to songwriting, but also some of the was it chords in the House of the Rising Sun to 
write songs, and yeah. I think "For Your Love" was one of the the early songs. Yeah, there was a, the, yeah the chord sequence is um, is kind of the opposite of a sort of white, uh, be, uh, you know, American Idol, and I don't mean modern day American mm. Idol. I'm talking about American Idol from the six from the fifties and sixties. Uh, the songs that they would they would sing, but to me that chord sequence was kind of like turned it upside down. And uh, I found it really inspirational. So I have employed it somewhat, as other people have. But I, it's like one of those recurring things in my songs that, that that chord sequence crops up. Is it right that that song was actually rejected as a, a Mockingbirds track? Yeah, it was, yeah. We recorded another song, which was, I don't know, nowhere near as good. But uh, our record company at the time rejected it, and it uh, eventually found its way to the Yardbirds. And in that period, you were working in the daytime in um, gentlemen's outfitters. And yeah, when you start using the term gentleman loosely, <laughs> I think it was near Salford Docks. Let's put it that oh. way. <laughs> oh, I always think of something quite refined. Yeah, gentlemen's outfitters. Yeah, it sounds very refined, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, there wasn't that much refined about it, but uh, it was a, you know, it was it had a good time there, and actually started off writing for your love there as well in the shop because I used to. I was the manager for. Just before I got the sack, <laughs> yeah, I, I used to clo- close the shop at lunchtime and write songs. But uh, so really, was a, I think everything you do is important to where you are now, obviously. But uh, I've got very, sort of yeah. fond memories of that place. In that book, it also talks about how you were surprised when you heard the Yardbirds' arrangement of that song because they used harpsichord. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was terrific because on the original, you know, the demo that we gave them, there were the bongos, but no, um, no harp, certainly no harpsichord. And I thought it was a stroke of genius to to use that. Days that will excite Make a dream of me and I oh, 
your mum had a hand in uh, linking you up with the Hollies? I'm, do you know, I used to know their manager. Yeah. And I'm not sure about that. I'm sorry, but I can't verify it and I can't deny it either. Yeah. But I know they came round to... My mum always tells a story of that my mum and dad had been out to a wedding yeah. and she came back to the house and the Hollies were there. It was like, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I think the fact that she was surprised, probably not, the, 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 you know, that they'd found their way to my house through some other route, I, I, and which I can't, on, on, in all honesty, remember. In his biography, Graham Nash talks about when they did go to your house and you were just playing song after song of, and they were just dazzled. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know I'd written Look Through Any Window at that time and then recorded it. But my memory of Bus Stop was that uh, the Mockingbirds were supporting the Hollies at Stoke Town Hall. And uh, I'd I'd written the Bus Stop especially for them um, and played it to them in the the loo because that was the quietest place. That's how I remember it. Um, I think Graham Nash's memory of it is slightly different. And, Mm. you know... It's so long ago, I'm not going to... Uh, I can only tell you my memory of it. Bus Stop itself, it's got the best opening couple of sentences. It's so economical with the lyrics, but paints uh, so much more than the, the, the number of words used. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's down to my dad, who used to help me with lyrics and came up with lyrics, song titles. have to credit him with that, because he, I came back home and he'd, he'd, he'd written that verse. And as I read the verse I heard the melody it was just like the words inspired the music and then I wrote the middle part of it in one go in my head Mm. uh, words and music Someday my 
Dad had a hand in the certainly the title of No Milk today. He did. It was his title. Yeah. Gosh. It, it, and that that relates to him going round to one of his friend's houses, and uh, he went to his friend's house. His friend wasn't in. He turned on the doorstep, and there was an empty milk bottle with a note in it. So he came back to me, and he said, "I've got a great idea for a song, No Milk Today," hmm. which I told him I thought was a horrible <laughs> idea, and he told me that I was not reading the title right because what it, it wasn't about not ordering any milk for that day but it was what the what the empty milk bottle symbolized that that uh, there was no one in the house love had left the house mm. a much more poetic explanation than we don't want any milk today thank you <laughs> did you share the same manager with the herman's hermits is that correct yes yeah harvey lisberg yes so easier to get your songs <laughs> to them yes but they had to go through mickey mouse ah. who was their producer and he was very uh, strong-minded about what he wanted and what he didn't, what he liked and what he didn't like. So he wouldn't be persuaded by anybody. You know, if he thought it was right, he would do it, and vice versa. So yeah, he he was very uh, important. But people passing by don't know the reason 
people, they know just what this message means. The end of my hopes, the end of all my dreams. How could they know a palace there had been behind the door where my love reigns as queen? No milk today, it wasn't always so. The company was gay, we turn that into day. There's a bit of a, a tie with Norma today and the Graham Goldman thing in that John Paul Jones had a hand in both that okay. song. Well, he, yeah, John uh, did all the arrangements on the Graham Goldman thing album. Mm. It was, you know, he was really very uh, a big part of, of, of that. Beautiful arrangements. I was going to say that. I mean, there's um, so many highlights. I mean, one of my favourites is the Impossible Years and the strings on that. Yeah, great. All re- yeah, and recorded at Olympic Sound, that was. And, uh, oh. yeah, there's a few good people on that album, yeah. And the, the idea was basically to collect many of the songs that you'd written for artists as well as some newer tracks in one place? Was Cor- it? Yeah, correct, that's right. Yeah. Uh, originally, Peter Noon was going to produce it, but oh. he, he he didn't show up <laughs> for <laughs> some reason. So, But I was there was myself, uh, John Paul Jones and Eddie Kramer, the engineer, so... I think we we managed okay. Eddie Kramer, gosh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> Eddie Kramer. Impressive stuff. Yeah, legend. There comes a time when a father must say To his daughter, my dear, I'll show you the way These are the impossible years A girl must endure Adrift on the ocean Left with her unspeakable fears The torture of doubt And pent-up emotion New temptations Strange sensations A great new world for explorations She has the impossible years to bear When does the young bud come to flower Its petals aflame With color exciting When does the warm sun choose the hour To change the green shoot To beauty inviting Girls are growing And without knowing that we've been sowing will help the impossible years go by Impossible years go by. Mm-hmm. 
One of my uh, favourite cover versions of Woody Ottracks is Behind the Dawn. I do love the share version of that song. Yes, so do I. With a the arrangement on that is amazing. I think it's by a guy called Harold Batiste. Um, yeah, terrific. I, I, I love it. And in a similar way to No Milk Today, the, the opening section is quite economical with the words again, which does paint a, a picture. Yeah, yeah. Love, beautiful song. I really like that song. I've been thinking of doing it in the heart for a song set, but I'm not sure that it was, it's right. Mm. But I do like that song a lot. Behind the door of every house, in every street, in every town, a story is unfolding, a story is unfolding of love and hate, remorseless faith, hopes and fears of smiles and tears of dreams that lie
there does seem to be a, a lyrical theme amongst many of your tracks in that period that does paint a picture of northern England and terrace houses and, and, and sort of Manchester Salford. Yeah, well, I, you know, that's where we lived. So I guess that seeped into the, uh, into the, into the songs. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were songs in the Herman's Hermits film, Mrs. Brown, You've Got a Lovely Daughter. Like, I don't know if you know anything from that era, that, that, that album. Mm. But, or, it, there was a film that Herman's Hermits starred in, and um, there was one song in particular, It's Nice to Be Out in the Morning, uh, that talks about Manchester United and different areas of Manchester as well. But I can't remember the lyric now, but um, that's worth checking out. to be out in the morning when you got somewhere to go but seeing the same old places that can make you feel so low hardwood green where the grass is grey there's a human half a hay while he range where the tomcats roam they're not the sights of Rome but it's home Nice to be out in the morning when you got somewhere to go. But seeing the same old places that can make you feel so low. Best of the barns where the brass bands blow. Home of the heights where the chimneys grow. Bogatel puff with its concrete flowers. It's not the Taj Mahal, but it's ours. writing for Kasnet and Cats, you, you met Neil Sadaka. No. How did he get involved with coming over to Strawberry? Harvey Lisberg met him in New York, right. and he was coming over to the UK to uh, do some, appear at the Batley Variety Club, which was near Leeds. Yeah. And he was staying at a hotel in Leeds. And Harvey said, we've, we've got, you know, he was in, involved with all of us at the time and said, why don't you come over to the studio while you're over in in the UK and try do some recording? Um, he said, "Well, you know, we'll, we'll we'll give it a try." You know, and I went over to Leeds to meet him and uh, made some chord sheets up from from the songs that he he wanted to record, 
and he came in to the studio and we all got on with each other really really well on all levels and um we recorded that out the first album mm. i always get them mixed up whether it's solitaire or trailer days are over i think it was a trailer days are over was the first one anyway mm. we did the album in about two weeks oh so it was a very fast process really fast because first of all neil had all the arrangements you know in his you know in his mind mm. he would re- the most interesting thing was he'd record the lead vocal as we were putting down the first sort of rhythm track so lola and i would play guitar uh kevin would play drums neil would play piano and sing and then and eric would engineer it mm. Mm. and then we'd overdub everything so it worked really well it was uh, i loved working with him and then we and then one, we'd formed 10 cc by the time we did the second album and had a hit with Donna. <laughs> yes. And that set Neil on basically a new chapter of his career well well into the 70s. Yeah, that I think Elton John took a lot of credit for because, you know, he went on to yeah. uh, be on Rocket Records. But I think, and he had a lot of chart, he had chart, bigger chart success, um, I think, with Elton, but with Rocket Records. But I think we did a lot of the groundwork for that.
was a man A lonely man Who would command The hand he's Goes on around him everywhere. He's playing solitaire. And keeping to himself begins to deal. And still the king of hearts is well. game comes to an end and fill them out again and is the only game in town and every road that takes him takes him down while life goes on The writing combinations in that early period, you know, were quite quite varied. Yes, that was one of the great things about the band is that we sort of mixed it up quite a lot. So very sort of collaborative. It, yeah, it was collaborative, and the other thing about it was that whoever wrote the songs, the other members of the band to, uh, sort of adopted the song as their own mm. and treated it as their own. That was that one of our great sort of principles. Mm. And also the other thing that we did was if someone had written a song or, you know, two of us had written a song, we'd never reject a song. We'd always, the principle was, if you think it's good enough to record, we'll record it. But I have the right to make some changes. (laughs) Yeah, because I I read that with Rubber Bullets, for example, Kevin and Lol had the key part of the song, but then got stuck. So then you were able to sort of help them out. Yeah. Yeah, I did write the... uh, We've all got balls and brains, but some's got balls and chains. Hmm. That was, I think, was my lyrical contribution. But uh, the main contribution was musical in the, um, the the middle part of the song. The Sergeant Baker started talking with a ball in his hand. That, that, that section. I went to a party 
favourite uh, 10 cc tracks is Wall Street Shuffle but um, one, one of my uh, most recent podcasts is with, has been with the bassist for ABBA I found out that um, 
Frida recorded a Swedish version of Wall Street Shuffle. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yes, yes, I have, yeah. That's great. Produced by Benny? Sorry, produced by Benny. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And, and the inspiration for that was, that, so that was you and Eric? Well, yeah, we actually were in New York and we passed over Wall Street and somebody said in the car, and I can't remember who it was, some, somebody said do the Wall Street Shuffle. Swedish language version changes the lyrics a little bit. I think it's Golden Green Meadows. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I never, that I'd never heard. That's a new one on me. That's brilliant. Golden Green Meadows. <laughs> I'd like to see a, a sort of a translation back into English and see how it, how it varies. Yeah, it would be, it'd be weird. I remember one translation of Rubber Bullets and it yeah. talked about hearing the concrete squeal. <laughs> which I thought was rather nice <laughs> or the co- con- concrete scream or something like that but I like the idea of the concrete screaming or squealing
You mentioned the collaborative process of the band where all of you, whether you were involved with the writing or not, had a huge part to play in uh, in the track and I'm not in love, so that was you and Eric, but uh, Lol and Kevin had a, a hand in kind of shaping the sound of that song. Oh yeah, very much so. Both in the it was recorded once as a bossa nova and didn't really work. I think it was Kevin came up with a new rhythm for it. And the idea for the voices, I think, was Lol's. Originally, the, the second version of it that we were going to record, we, we were going to do it with all voices. But we'd, mm. So the idea was we would do a rhythm track, then do all the backing with voices, and then take the rhythm track off. But actually, once we'd done the rhythm track, it just, even the rhythm track sounded there was something magical about it and that's how we stuck to it pioneering use of the studio really in, in relation to the sound of that song because you you didn't really use yeah um, it's not like today with computers etc you had to do everything no we had to invent the sounds and it was a lot more interesting and a lot more fun and with the voices as we were it, mm. you know if you had a computer or you know a sample you could play it immediately and there's your sound but we were building this sound up, so we didn't know what we were going to get. And that was much more interesting to do. It was very, very creative and uh, awesome, really.
Towards the late 70s, Kevin and Lowell went away and you kind of reconfigured the 10cc, but again embarked on a, a new chapter of the band and had huge hits like The Things We Do For Love. Yeah, The Things We Do For Love and Dreadlock Holiday. It was different, mm. but it was still successful. And uh, I think Deceptive Bend is one of my favourite albums. Mm. It's not my favourite album, but one of them. Um, and I think we did really well. You know, I think we were under the under pressure to produce something really good because that's what was what was expected of us. And but Kevin Lawler left the the band, you know, and it wasn't a sort of as if one or two, you know, like half the members of the band that, that are gone that were just that, that weren't contributing to the song writing or the production. But you know, it was too. Mm-hmm. 50% of, of of the band had gone, uh, and you know, 50% of the writers and I really missed their input. It was a shame. And you said that you see cards in colours, is that correct? Yeah, I see cards in colours, yeah. 
What colour would uh, the things we do for love be, for example? Well, that's got so many chords, but <laughs> certain chords have a colour, and I always think of uh, sort of a greys and blues of reds and yellows of certain chords. I can't, it's hard to describe it. It's, it's impossible to describe. <laughs> Like walking in the rain and the snow when there's nowhere to go When you're feeling like a part of you is dying And you're looking for the answer in her eyes You think you're gonna break up, then she says she wants to make up It was 1979. Eric um, had a, a car crash, and I've previously spoken to Eric about this. And uh, you'd spent time in that break um, recording some uh, solo material. I did an album for um, an American cartoon called Animal Olympics. Yeah. 
during that period. And then that sort of hung over. I, I produced an album for the Ramones. I produced an album for Gilbert Sullivan as well. One of my favourite songs from Animal Olympics is uh, Love's Not For Me. Can yeah. you tell me about that song? Yeah, I just, uh, I, I like that song as well. And I do it in the Heart Full of Songs tour. Mm. That's part of the repertoire. I just think it's a lovely song. And um, it reflected something that was going on in my life as well at that time. So mm. uh, sometimes you can use a sort of bad experience to can inspire you to write something and that turns out to be, you know, a, a good thing. And uh, and it fitted in with the the character in the film who has mm. dedicated his life to his training. He's a marathon runner and he has there's no no time for love in his life. Mm. And he says, um, if love should come, then I'll run away. And there's some lovely accordion. Yeah, by a guy called Mike Timoney, who lived up mm. near Stockport, near the studio, a wonderful Wonderful musician, great player. I've always run away from things that tie me down. My life, I love. But love's not for me I see my goal ahead With nothing in the way If love should come Then I'll run away I've always been the type of man Who's dedicated to his cause it's a lonely road I run But I'll stay faithful to my cause There's only one direction a period of 10cc and, and then going into the towards the mid 80s andrew gold you started collaborating with andrew a lot yeah yeah andrew was i met through 10cc because he was recommended to us yeah. to join us for one album 
as a co-writer, co-producer. The idea being that it would what we did would make be more appealing to the American audience, and um, and it worked really, really well. The three songs that we did with him were all singles. None of them were hits, but nevertheless, they were singles. So it shows you they were sort of a cut above the rest. Mm. And Eric and I decided to call it a day. And uh, Andrew was the first person I thought of to work with. I, I was, I just felt we had a really good uh, musical and personal bond. Mm. And so we and and and, I, and we did, you know. And we went on to work with each other for many years um, as Wax, and then. Andrew always had a problem with flying, and we we got to a point we said, you know, if something big doesn't really happen, we're we're, we're going to discontinue Wax, but we would always work together, which we did. And in fact, not long before he passed away, um, we were talking about doing another Wax album. Oh right, gosh! Mm-hmm. One of the best singles of the the nineteen eighties is "Bridge to Your Heart," and it's got a great false start at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's. <laughs> That's Andrew, you know. He's, ah. It was so funny when we did it in the studio. He 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 did it, and then he want, he said, "I want oh, let me do it again." And we said, "No, you've just done it." <laughs> <laughs>
I've got um, Martin Harkett's solo album from the, the mid-90s, and one of my favourite songs was uh, yeah. Ready to Go Home, and then I dug deeper and then found out that it, that you wrote it. Yeah, I wrote it with Andrew. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, and we do that in the 10cc set. That was actually... We recorded an album called Mirror Mirror, which was basically... Eric did his half and I did mine. And mm. the Ready to Go Home was on that album and was a duet with Andrew, and was released as actually the last 10cc single. An ironic title, really. Mm. But that song has been, I think that's one of the best songs I've been involved with. Is that kind of in memory of your dad? Well, it's both in the memory of my dad and, and Andrew's dad. We were just talking about dealing with the inevitable and, and dealing with the loss of uh, someone that's, you know, a loved one, like a parent. Fences fall to surrender to 
13, 14, 15 years ago, you um, collaborated again with uh, Kevin? Yeah, we did. Uh, we had the GGO6. Uh, I loved working with Kevin again. It was great. Um, and I'm, I really liked the stuff that we did then. And we, we've, we've sort of, you know, Kevin is the only member that we're, you know, I'm constantly, and yeah. I won't say constantly, but we keep in touch with each other and let each other know what we're up to. And... Um, we, we've always said that we got we got to do some more stuff together. It's not happened yet. I've been to um, some of the more recent 10cc shows, and you play yes. Son of Man prior. Yeah, for the opening. Yeah, that's right. Just like the idea that we've now got a video that accompanies it with the lyrics on, because it, you know it's, it, you, people can't catch the lyrics, but it's not interest, nice for them to know the how you know 10cc was born and. Uh, you know, I want I wanted people to be able to read the, you know, understand what the lyrics were as well. That works really well, and obviously Kevin um, produced that uh, video. Hello, Edward. Edward. Hello. 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 Yeah. Um, how, how, how did we form the band? Well, deep in the past when the world began, I was the very first woman and the very last man. Gave birth in a cab on a London street To a child with a whistle and a jackhammer But they erased the child, they erased the man So fooled at the button by accident It was over before it even started All three parents broken hearted But the angel of coincidence Took pity on the dead experiment into its monkey face and gave it form and light and pace slowly out of innocence a test tube baby that made no sense kept stumbling into the light of day but the only thing that it could say was Bubble gum 
stood out like a sore thumb Yeah, it wasn't music and it wasn't art But it got to number two in the chart And I bought him a holiday, bought him a car And turned him into a pop star But the man got sick with growing pains and Turned into the monster with three brains favorite tracks is Ariella and is that about your wife yeah it is yeah <laughs> and it tells a story I mean the first verse in particular tells a story of how we met yeah. I mean some parts of it are in what I like to call embroidered a little bit but uh, that's the general thing because we met for a curry and uh, we didn't know we're not even sure now whether we were actually set up or whether <laughs> it was just a um, coincidence but um, and but probably the fact that we didn't know you know we were both single and and the the fact that we didn't 
have an expectation, I think, <laughs> was a plus. But um, mm. we got along right away. And possibly the only the only song to mention Joe Frazee, as far as I'm aware. I don't. I've never heard another <laughs> song mentioning Jal Frazee or Rochdale, uh, although not in the same song, obviously. <laughs> a first man for a curry on a Sunday night. We were set up by a mutual friend. I thought it was a dinner with no strings attached She said, what do you recommend? Well, it depends how hot you like it I'm going for the gel frazy I thought you'd order coma But you went for something warmer That ticked all the boxes for me
great to play a little of uh, some more material from your new album. Is there, is there a particular song that, that we haven't talked about that you're fond of? Yeah, um, that's Love Right There was inspired by something my wife does, which is when I go on the road, she leaves little notes in my case and sometimes like little chocolate bars. And I was with the boys in, in our vehicle yeah. one day and found one of these chocolate bars and I held it up and I said, that's love right there. And I thought well, that would be a nice title and I worked backwards from there. Fantastic. Um, thank you so much for your time, Graham. It's a, a, a real pleasure to talk to you and I wish you all the best. And I assume you're... Um... Are you going, you're going down under shortly with uh, the current lineup of 10cc? Yeah, we start actually on Friday. We're off to uh, Sweden and Denmark. Then we're going to Australia, New Zealand and Germany and Holland. We're busy boys. Uh, coming back to do uh, solo stuff? Yeah, we're doing Heartful of Songs. Uh, in uh, Heartful of Songs, we start in um, March through to the beginning of April. So just onwards and upwards? Onwards and upwards. That's right. Exactly right. All right. All the best, Graham. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Jason. Cheers. Bye-bye. She brings me coffee in the morning, kisses at night. If something's wrong, she makes it right. That's love. Right there. She cools me down whenever I'm hot. Tells me I'm handsome even though I'm not. That's love. Right there And when I'm out on the road Traveling the globe I'll find little notes in my case That read I love you so much I'm missing your touch All your kisses and your warm embrace She rolls with the punches That's how she rocks She gets a kick out of pairing my socks That's love for listening to the strange brew podcast if you do like the show please consider a small donation to help keep the show archive online it's 10 years since i started the podcast and hosting fees are increasing over time all your support keeps the show running and helps me get amazing guests to support me just go to the strangebrew.co.uk where you'll see a donate button on the home page thank you very much Plus, any reviews on your podcast services help to spread the word too. Thank you.